0: What up y'all? I'm LBC Bruce. The date is February 25th, 2024. You'll be hearing this February 26th, 2024. This is Cleats, Dimes and Strikes. Let's get into it. Let's go back a little bit. Just a little bit. For those that were there, you remember this.
1: The marathon, the, marathon, the marathon, J C on the beat. Dog. Oh, God. look, on the road to bridges, my car fast, my bitch is bad. My low song, my beat thump, my pistol stashed. It's transition, and now it ain't no looking back. My bro home my daughter straight now what more can a nigga ask how it's looking i'm gonna keep getting cash cause i'm like that rolex second hand behind the crystal blast. i keep moving keep busting till i see improvement i know that i can't win them all, but I can't keep losing What I used to tell myself when life seemed useless When it felt like if I was to change, it'd be for music When pop showed us that the pain we felt was not exclusive it Was in the hood, but Sean Carter showed us no excuses Now kids tell me I'm the reason that they finished school And if it wasn't for the marathon, they wouldn't have made it through it All on Twitter like, nigga gonna drop your new shit I'm just taking time to make the proper use of my influence Couple hundred thousand cash, a few haters Lawyer fees for new cases in the box of blunts later I give you The streets illustrate the latest issue The update on my state of mind To everything I've been through Theme music for young hustlers Get their hands to the proof To every young nigga banging on what you can do Theme music for young hustlers Get their hands to the proof To every young nigga banging on what you can do My beat banging Gold chain swinging And all money in yeah, Still a song that I'm singing I'm all can't fade them Fame can't change them Still screaming fuck-
0: Yo, 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 it is LBC Bruce. I am LBC Bruce, and this is another episode of Cleats Dimes and Strikes. Cleats Dimes and Strikes is a part of the Reality Real Podcast Network brought to you by the good folks over at TMM Smith. So, we had some tech issues recently and not tech issues and the tech went down because my tech is awesome. Tech issues as in I had issues messing with my tech. So we had some issues with recent episodes, but with that being said, I had to really take a, like sit back and think about how I've been approaching things and how I want to approach things. To be clear, Cleats Dimes and Strikes was never meant to be a sports podcast. It stays in the current as in updating stats and things like that. And having those conversations, we don't release Cleats Dimes and Strikes enough to do that with the team currently being me, myself, and I, that would be way too large of a task at this moment with everything else I have going on to keep everything moving. I am doing my thing, uh, in the community, getting to it to make sure overhead is taken care of. Everything is handled. I am good. So. Unable to do that. And that was never really the focus of Cleats Dimes and Strikes. Cleats Dimes and Strikes has always been me looking at sports from my perspective, which is clearly influenced by where I come from, what I was raised around, what assisted in raising me, giving my perspectives on those things, bringing you things the way I see them, which I think is unique. And that was the whole purpose of this. Trying to do what other people do is not my bag. My words are a little all over the place right now, but yeah, never what this has been about. Um, and I think that with the attempt to do two episodes a week with everything else I have going on at this moment, sometimes I get caught up in trying to do that and present that, which is not what I want to do. The focus is quality over quantity, creating quality content, Making sure that quality content is released properly to get the attention it deserves to get. With that said, going forward, Cleats Stimes and Strikes will be once a week, every Monday in the favorite places you get all your favorite podcasts from currently or your current favorite podcast. Cause Cleats Dimes and Strikes is going to be your new favorite podcast. Wherever you get your current favorites from. That's where you'll be able to get cleats times and strikes every Monday morning. Now, working on a release schedule of content in these social media spaces, because I think that's super essential that we have a presence there that allows me to give you quick videos that allows you, me to give you some other extra stuff that allows you to connect with me. That allows me to keep you updated on what's going on. So in scenarios where tech things arise via the socials. You can be informed that, Hey, this is what happened. This is what we're on. So working on a consistent schedule with that as well. But right now the focus is cleats times and strikes every Monday, your favorite podcast streaming app. What have I been up to? Well, I've been in here. I've been doing my thing also, but I've been in here, but again, like I said, some issues arose podcast is recorded completely with no sound not because of the tech but because of myself this is what happens when you get old you start doing stuff like that and then you're like all right let's go let me just put this together make sure it's ready to go out why do I have no audio oh damn so again cleach times and strikes every Monday your favorite podcast streaming app. So what are we talking about this week on cleats, dimes and strikes focus this week beef. There's been a lot of beef going around, man, especially in the NBA, a lot of, a lot of beef in the NBA, a lot of back and forths. Gonna look into some of that stuff outside of that. One of the things that I really want to discuss is where the NBA is going. I think the NBA has some clear issues and I think all-star weekend sort of showed that. We've seen that it was pretty evident there, but I think there was other things in All-Star Weekend that sort of spoke to some of the issues that the NBA has right now. I Numbers-wise, I'm sure the NBA is doing great, but I do think the NBA has its fair share of issues. And I think that these next five to 10 years are gonna, I'd say even the next five years specifically are gonna be essential for the NBA to get their shit together. And it's gonna be the key to how we look at Adam Silver and who Adam Silver is. Adam Silver just recently got an extension, um, more money for Adam Silver and Adam Silver has been doing a good job, but these next five years are going to be super important. So gonna go over some things going on in the NBA and what the NBA is looking at for their near future. That is the topic of the day. This is cleats, dimes and strikes. Gonna take a quick break and then we will be back. Be right back with you. Imagine growing up surrounded by the empowering stories of historic black figures that shaped the world. I was fortunate to experience this firsthand, and that knowledge of self instilled a confidence in me that has helped me navigate the challenges we face on a daily basis as black people. In a world where black history is often sidelined, we introduced the Black Heroes series, a collection of captivating books and coloring books that vividly document the extraordinary lives of unsung black heroes. We've gone beyond the well-known names to shed light on the often overlooked figures who've made significant contributions to our shared history. It's time to celebrate the richness of black history and amplify the voices of those that deserve to be heard. Black Heroes is more than just a series. It's a mission. Our goal is to ingrain the names and stories of historic black figures in the minds of young black children, boosting their confidence and fostering a deep understanding of their self-worth. But it doesn't stop there. We want everyone to be aware of the incredible achievements of black people worldwide that have propelled humanity forward. Black heroes, isn't a series to be relegated to February. Black heroes is a year round celebration. Black history is American history and deserves to be honored and cherished every day. Join us in rewriting history. One story at a time. Let's make black heroes a part of your family's journey towards empowerment, knowledge and unity. To purchase black heroes today, go to linktree.com backslash black heroes and be a part of the movement that ensures black history is celebrated 365 days a year. And we are back cleats, dimes and strikes. So normally I do the news bed right now, but I think today we do something a little bit different. I think we should play something a little bit different. Cause I think we're not really getting in the news. We're going to discuss something else. The Commission, Uncle Paulie, P. Diddy. And we're not bleeping out <laughs> that name. Yeah. Charlie Baltimore, Iceberg Slim, the That's most right. shady,
1: Frankie baby. We Do, here. You know it Do you know what beef is? Do you know
2: what beef is? Ask yourself. Do you know what beef is?
0: let's get into it. So, uh, obviously there's been some beefs as of late. Um, I feel like one happened and then another one happened and just overshadowed it. I mean, right now, as I speak, I guess cam Newton is somewhere out there fighting some dudes physically, like actually physically fighting. There's also been a few fights in the league in the NBA as of late too. That's crazy. Not going to get into that. Cause don't too much care for those players who are fighting. It's all about stars, right? So, um, let's start with Carmelo Anthony and George Carl. Now I don't want to play too many clips, so I'm not going to play the clip of Carmelo Anthony from his podcast, uh, 7 PM in Brooklyn. That's Carmelo Anthony and Mero, um, formerly of Bodega Boys, obviously. But essentially what Melo said was, uh, he was talking about, they had Joe Budden on their podcast. And they were talking about breakups. Merrill broke up with Deezus, Deezus and Merrill separated. Joe Budden, obviously he has a lot of breakups. He broke up with Complex. He kicked Roy and Maul off his pod. He broke up with Slaughterhouse to an extent. So he has a few breakups. Uh, and Mello spoke specifically about his situation in Denver. Now Mello says that, uh, when George Carl becomes the coach of the Denver Nuggets, uh, he says he's not coaching until they play Milwaukee, which was a team. George call coached Previously, George Carl wanted to coach against that team. So before the game, he calls Melo to his room and they have a meeting. And the first thing George call tells Carmelo is he's overrated. So Carmelo's like, I right, like, you know what I'm saying? George call says he's overrated. And he has a lot to work on. So Melo's like, I get it. Like I'm young in the game. I'm second year. Obviously I have a lot to work on, but overrated and Joe Budden and Merrill laughed at Carmelo. But then he says, you may, uh, you remind me a lot of Detlef shrimp, which obviously right there, like everybody goes crazy. Cause that comparison is nuts. So. Carmelo basically says from there, there were issues, issues continued. George Carl had issues with the team. Carmelo reached out to previous players, try to get an understanding of George Carl, none of them really fuck with George Carl. Um, Carmelo said that George Carl would talk shit about George Gervin, who George Carl once played with Carmelo realized based upon the feedback he received from other players, George Carl doesn't like superstars. He's a hater. So. That was on Carmelo's pod. George Carl allegedly took to Twitter. Now, new information per King and Martin. King and Martin says George Carl is not well, so they're not exactly sure. George Carl is handling George Carl's Twitter account. Now, this is a thing we really have to look at because there's been issues with Twitter accounts lately who have claimed to be people they are not. Obviously Twitter did away with their verification. Um, and now all you have to do to get the blue check is to pay unless you are a news outlet, then they will specifically notify, uh, verify you for that. If you are a politician, they will officially verify you for that. But outside of that, there's no verification unless you pay this George Carl account is not verified. So we don't exactly know this is George Carl. George Carl is an old man. So him to be going nuts on Twitter and doing polls seems questionable, but this has started a conversation. And obviously even before this situation, a lot of players didn't fuck with George Carl. So the George Carl 22 account coach Carl 22 says, Hey Carmelo, let's not do this. You're telling stories that are 20 years old. Let's move forward. And you were overrated and you wish your game was efficient was as efficient as deadlifts now carmelo mentioned in the podcast that george carl wrote a tell-all book which i don't know what's up with nba coaches and tell-all books like i feel like there's more nba coaches with tell-all books than there are hip-hop groupies with tell-all books you got george carl uh bitching in his book you got phil jackson bitching in his book I think NBA head coaches shouldn't write tell all books because they, they come off real groupish, but anyways, he wrote a tell all book. This is after the whole situation and Carmelo approached him about it. Like, Hey man, what's up? What's going on? And George Carl backpedaled. So now this account is saying, Hey, let's not do this. You're telling old stories. You were overrated. You wish you were deadless shrimp. This account goes on to tweet a bunch of shit. So it goes on to say, uh, Hey. Look, uh, to clarify, Mello was an experienced and overrated player. When I first coached him, Detlef is one of the best international, most efficient players ever. And I'm the last one in Denver who still feels like the Nugget should honor Mello. It goes on to ask, uh, to put up a thread. Uh, I mean, a uh, blah, a poll to get people to determine if Denver should honor Mello. Uh, the people said, yes, 46%, 41% said no, 11% said unsure. Um, Carmelo responded to the original tweet with laughing emojis. George Carl's account responded. We all know you're passive aggressive mellow. So be real. What's this mean? Um, the accountant goes on to shout out Jokic on his birthday. Happy birthday to the champ, the ultimate team guy and the greatest player to wear at number 15 in Denver hoops history. Um, the account asked, uh, says that they're down to go on Melo's podcast and squash the situation. So there's a lot. Kenya Martin came out and essentially sided with Melo called George Call out, but Kenya Martin also pointed out George call is not well right now. So we don't know if this is George on his Twitter account. We don't know if it's his son. We don't know if it's just somebody who made it up, but again, NBA coaches, I think, I don't know why NBA coaches are like this. And in, in the next story short, we're going to talk about another NBA coach in Doc Rivers, who has an issue with taking accountability for his actions and the role he plays in things. But NBA coaches, I guess because the NBA is such a personality league and a superstar league and, and the superstars draw a lot of attention. So maybe some of the coaches feel like they have to compete with that. On the opposite side, the NFL is very team driven. Like obviously there's NFL superstars, but the NFL chooses specifically who they want to market. The NFL markets, the quarterback, the NFL markets, the quarterback, other players try to market themselves like receivers, cornerbacks by being flashy, stuff like that, but the NFL markets, the quarterback outside of that. You have a helmet on, everybody doesn't see your face. NFL players on is recognizable. So it's not the same type of thing. So maybe because of that, NFL head coaches can be more reserved and maybe NBA coaches feel they need that attention. But I don't know, man, like, I hope this isn't George Carl. And after, you know, um, after Kenyon Martin saying what he said and pointing out that George Carl isn't well, I believe maybe this isn't George Carl. But if it is fuck George Carl, seriously, if this is George Carl, fuck George Carl. Like why would you be on Twitter like this being childish? So I hope this isn't George Carl, but I mean, fuck George Carl anyway, man. I mean, none of his players fuck with him. So before all of this, none of his players fucked with him. This story happened per Melo, It happened. So for a coach to even approach things that way, no wonder you don't get results. Like that's not going to work. You're going to get your star player and hey man, by the way, you're overrated. Carmelo Anthony, who I'm glad Kenyon Martin has pointed this out. I said this several times. I always point this out. Carmelo led the nuggets to the playoffs his first year. LeBron did not. Carmelo should have been rookie of the year, not LeBron. LeBron was in the East, which was weaker and didn't make the playoffs. Carmelo led his team to the playoffs in the West, which was much more competitive. In fact, in the East, Dwayne Wade led the heat to the playoffs. Carmelo did not. I mean, LeBron did not. Carmelo led Syracuse to a national championship game his first year. And for all these other guys that have all this hype, we don't see them lead their team to win a national championship their first year by themselves. On that Syracuse team, Carmelo Anthony, Hakeem Warwick. I can't think of who else was on that team. I think Hakeem Warwick was on that team. He was on that team or he was on Florida state. I think Hakeem Warwick was on that team, but like it wasn't a Kentucky squad. Basically it wasn't John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. It was Carmelo and he went up against. A veteran Kansas team, which had Kirk Heinrich and what's the tall white boy's name that was on Kansas at the time. I forgot, but they were veterans. They were favored and Syracuse won. So overrated how Carmelo is one of the best bucket getters in the history of the league and he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Why Carmelo is kind of like isolated the way that he is. And sort of held out of like acknowledgement when they talk about that draft class, when they talk about, you know, that whole era of players, I'm not sure why Carmelo couldn't get on the team at this stage, any team, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll find out more, but fuck George Carl anyway, even if this isn't him, just cause he's been a douchebag. So now. We have another situation, uh, with JJ Reddick, JJ Reddick, who I generally fuck with JJ Reddick. I generally fuck with JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick, uh, brings good points. Um, his analysis of basketball is interesting. JJ Reddick is what we want from NBA analysis that we get from NFL analysis a lot, like we get former players who go into the detail of things and really break things down for us and provide a perspective we don't get from guys who haven't played the game. And a lot of NBA commentary isn't that it's personality driven, just like the league is. So JJ Redick more focuses on breaking down the game, which is interesting to me may not be interesting to everybody, but I, it's interesting to me and I imagine it's interesting to a lot of people. So JJ Reddick on first take, um, I'll play the clip. Maybe I should actually provide sound. That might help. Let's see. Uh... Docs audio. Do you want me to there sound? Let's go. Play the clip. Conference. Side note real quick.
2: No one's going to react to Docs audio there. We've been yeah, seven uh, heard, minutes oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you
0: want me to get it oh, Doc, for you? He's, Look, he's doing, he's doing, doing repeat it. I can, we I don't have to repeat it.
2: I can repeat I, I've it. seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no, there's never accountability with that guy. There's never accountability. Well, let me say a couple of things.
0: So that was JJ Redick responding to Doc Rivers, essentially talking about how difficult it is to take over the Milwaukee Bucks um, in the middle of the season. Now. In response to that, uh, Pat Bev tweeted some things, uh, responding to JJ. Let's go to Pat Bev's tweets. Pat Bev tweets relatively a lot. So you have to comb through some of his tweets. Uh, but basically Pat Bev said, Hey, your best years were with doc. You retire and you go on TV. And now you say this. So, okay, here it goes. So he says, This man, Doc, actually saved your career, started you when no one else wanted to, and you retired. Go on TV and say that. JJ Redick responds, Pat, my guy, I had a four year offer with a player option for the same money to be a starter for a different team. F O H, which means fuck out of here, saved my career. Uh, so Pat Beverly says, uh, Why didn't you take it then? Blah, blah, blah. So Austin Rivers responded to First off, uh, I don't feel responsible
2: to take off for my daddy.
0: Let's play Austin Rivers' clip.
2: First off, I don't feel responsible to take off for my daddy. He's a grown man. He could do his own thing. Uh, But in this regard, I just simply don't agree with it. Um, For someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't (laughs) go right. He got fired in the bubble uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team... Didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. He had guys leave. That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. Um, it seems like he's always responsible. It's just as strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. <laughs> um, it's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But I don't think... It, I mean, I, this just seems a little bit weird. They're 3-7. and has missed most of those games. Milton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like, what, what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. Let's not forget that. I don't know if there's like frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive reasons. But you had your best years as a starter there, especially our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy who could put the ball on the floor. You were a strictly shoot guy. You're not like Clay Thompson or Steph who could put the ball on the floor. You were a guy who could catch and shoot. And you did it at a high level. Hell of a career, by the way. Big fan. But your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird. That you have this energy towards him in terms of him never ever being accountable considering he's always been responsible
0: okay so obviously gets a little personal at the end of that and draymond pointed out pat Bev, austin rivers none of them responded to what jj actually said they just took personal shots at jj now austin rivers did attempt to respond to what jj said he said that It's crazy that he's being, he's saying that Doc Rivers isn't accountable when he's held responsible. Those are two different things. Those are two different things. And it's very important to understand those are two different things. And I'll tell you why it's super important to understand why, I mean, that those are two different things. It's important to understand that being held responsible and being accountable are two different things. Because if you are not accountable for your actions, you will be held responsible. So to be clear, Doc Rivers has made excuses. He made excuses for the Lob City team not succeeding. He said, I never felt like I could get that group to understand that this was their time, the urgency of it. When we beat Golden State the following, that following year, Golden State decided this was their time. I don't think we decided that. We just showed up and wanted to try to win, but that's not enough. Rivers added that players say they want to win, but not many are actually willing to sacrifice in the way it's necessary to facilitate winning. So that is blaming his team, which that was JJ's team, which probably explains why JJ feels the way that he feels. Now, if you don't take accountability for your actions, you will be held responsible. And the fact that Doc Rivers doesn't take accountability for his actions, probably explains why he's repeatedly held responsible and fired. Because if you don't look at the things that you do, that create the situation that you're in and make things happen the way that they happen. And you blame everybody else. When you get another opportunity, you probably won't succeed because you don't look at your past failures and say, Hey, I failed because of this. I need to do this differently. It wasn't your fault. It was their fault. So now you're given another opportunity. And again, it's not your fault. It's their fault, but you will be held responsible regardless of whether you're accountable or not. So being accountable for your actions and being held responsible are two different things. My question is with Doc Rivers refusing to be accountable for his actions, which leads to failure repeatedly. Why does he keep get being given the opportunity, which then he will not be accountable for? And ultimately, you'll have to hold him responsible. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, normally, I'm not going to go at a blackhead coach like that just because I know the lack of opportunities. And there are more opportunities in the NBA than there are in the NFL. Far more. But Doc Rivers, like, Talk about overrated. Carmelo Anthony is overrated. No, Doc Rivers is overrated. The time he won, he had KG, one of the greatest players of all time. Paul Pierce, a really good player. I don't think Paul Pierce is what you guys think he is, but really good player. Ray Allen, one of the best shooters of all time and a young Rajon Rondo. Who would become one of the best pure point guards in the league And probably was one of those guys early on. We just didn't realize it because he was young and he was surrounded by future Hall of Famers. That team won a championship. You also have to remember there was a lot of solid role players Tony Allen, a lot of solid role players, Kendrick Perkins, a lot of solid role players on that team. So that's the time he won. He's been living off that forever. And anytime he doesn't win, he's pointing out excuses and blaming everybody else. Doc Rivers needs to hold himself accountable or he will be held responsible again. You have Giannis and you have Dame and you're in the East. If you're not in the finals, nobody wants to hear it. And I know Boston is there, but Giannis has beat them before. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can come up short sometimes. So with Giannis and Dame and a team of other players, you should be in the Eastern, you should be in the championship game. You should be in the NBA finals. Now, if you have Giannis Dame, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, come on, man. He needs to be accountable for his actions or he will be held responsible again. And if Doc Rivers is fired from another high powered team and doesn't get results, I don't see him get many more opportunities. I mean, I don't see any other team that's going to say, Hey, let's make this man our head coach. If they do, I think doc rivers must have something on Adam silver or something to force teams to give him an opportunity. Cause other guys can't get an opportunity. Mark Jackson can't get an opportunity. And look, maybe Mark Jackson, isn't the best coach of all time. Like maybe Mark Jackson has his fair share of issues, but what about doc rivers? Mark Jackson can't get an opportunity. This is crazy. Being accountable, being held responsible, two different things. If you are not accountable, you will be held responsible. Going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back and we're going to discuss issues the NBA is facing, steps they need to take going forward. Cleats, dimes, strikes. What's up, y'all? I'm LBC Bruce, host of Electric Relaxation. Electric Relaxation is a nerd culture podcast hosted by one of the cool kids. I mean, I'd say I'm, I'd say I'm like the coolest kid, but that's just my opinion. I discuss tech, video games, comics, movies, and TV shows from a perspective you won't hear anywhere else. Like a correct perspective that you should like copy and tell your friends it's yours anyways Electric Relaxation is a part of the Reality Real Israel Podcast Network brought to you by the good folks over at TMM Smith you can catch Electric Relaxation every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming app also you can follow Electric Relaxation on TikTok at Electric Relaxation Pod again I'm LBC Bruce host of Electric Relaxation happy to be talking to y'all every Thursday I'ma step back Y'all vibe to the music till Thursday, peace. And we are back, cleats, dimes, and strikes. So look. These next five years are going to be very essential for the NBA and very essential for Adam Silver in particular. What happens in these next five years is key. Right now the NBA has some problems and all-star weekend kind of showed that. That was horrible. I skipped most of it and watch highlights because it just hasn't been the greatest as of late period, but. From everything I've heard and the things that I've saw, it was horrible. It wasn't watchable. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't appealing. It's lost its luster. And that's just a sign of the issues the NBA is dealing with currently that they have to address. So I have five things I've taken down that Adam Silver really has to focus on in the next five years, and five things that make the next five years essential for determining who Adam Silver is in the history of the league and where the NBA goes next. The NBA is trying to compete with the NFL in America, and it's trying to grow internationally. And they've made some solid steps as of late. I think the midseason tournament, was a solid step. There was some ratings numbers that sort of spoke to that. There was increases in all games across the board tied to the midseason tournament that was success. The play-in has been a success. It makes these games now a lot more interesting because you're really looking at positioning teams are trying to get out of the play-in and then the teams in the play-in, you get to see how they actually fare in the long run. So that has been really interesting. There's some things the NBA has to really look at next five years. So first things first, the players next five years, the NBA will lose LeBron and Steph. Those two guys have largely been the face of the league as of late LeBron, since he came in the league, Steph has skyrocketed his way in some minds, in some people's minds above LeBron. In regards to face of the league, just by the way, the game has changed itself. And it's such a perimeter based game, which Steph has been the key in that and in everything that's happening. Golden state, golden state success has been a large part of what's going on in the league. So LeBron and Steph will be gone within the next five years. Who is the face of the league? Who is the face of the league? Now, Draymond Green pointed out something I, I thought was really interesting. Draymond Green sort of got on Anthony Edwards because he felt like Anthony Edwards didn't take all-star weekend that serious. And with Anthony Edwards projected to be one of the future faces of the league, shooting three pointers with his other hand, you know, all that, like it just was bad. It was a bad look for a future face of the league. And I agree a hundred percent. Part of the reason why all-star weekend sucks is because the players don't care about it. And. The league needs the players to care about all-star weekend. We talk a lot about the dunk contest and how bad the dunk contest is. The dunk contest isn't bad because of the dunks. The dunk contest is bad because of the players in the dunk contest. Nobody gives a fuck about the players in the dunk contest. They don't, they don't care about the players in the dunk contest. Even the successful dunk contest that we've seen as of late, if you look at the Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine dunk contest, for those who really like the game, they'll remember that everybody else, they will forget it. They will forget it because who is Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine in the league? Shout out to Jalen Brown for trying. Shout out to Jalen Brown for trying. That's really important. And I know he got booed. He didn't put on the best performance. If you've seen the videos of what he practiced. He practiced some interesting dunks, but he didn't put on the best performance, but we have to give Jalen Brown props for trying because the dunk contest needs all-stars and superstars to participate in it. The dunks don't matter. The dunks don't matter. People care about seeing players they care about. That's why the fans vote for who they vote for. They don't vote for the best player. They vote for the guys they like. LeBron shouldn't have been starting in the all-star game. He's not one of the top five best players in the West. He's not the best player on his team, but the fans like LeBron, he's a superstar. The dunk contest needs superstars to participate in it. And they stopped once LeBron did. not Before LeBron, the young superstars participated in the dunk contest is what you did. You're a young superstar. You were the guy you get out there. You participate in the dunk contest. Are you going to win? Maybe, maybe not, but it's just a fun thing to do. LeBron didn't do it since then superstars have fell back from it. The all-star game trash. Players don't care about it. And look, maybe everybody doesn't care about it. Maybe we don't need everybody to care about it, but the future superstars of the league need to care about these things and carry them. Older players, you've been here, you've done it. You just want to chill and be seen. Cool. But the superstars, the future superstars, the future faces of the league need to care. If I'm Adam Silver this off season, I'm holding private beatings. John ja Morant, Jason Tatum, Anthony Edwards, those guys. SGA, Chet Holmgren, those guys, these young guys that are going to carry the league going forward, I'm pulling them in a meeting. Look, this shit needs to matter. This is important. We need you to care. We need you to show up. The league is going to operate in the best interest of the league. Take that to mean whatever you think it means, but you as a potential face of the league, as a potential steward of the league, we need you to make these things relevant. LeBron made the midseason tournament relevant. LeBron cared about the midseason tournament, so that added validity to the midseason tournament. Now other people start to care. Now other people are trying to compete. He needs these guys to show up at these events and they need to be there. They need to be present. They need to put on a show. If they don't, it becomes unimportant. And that's another opportunity where the NBA could be putting on a show, gaining inroads, and it's not. All-Star Weekend is trash. And I can expect that they will take a hit on All-Star Weekend next year based upon how horrible All-Star Weekend was this year. And that's another opportunity where the NBA can be getting big-time sponsors to participate, to spend money, to market, and they're losing it. Need the players to care. So he needs to pull up with some of these guys. Hey, we need you to care. And if you do, it will benefit you. If you do, how we look at marketing, you will be involved in that but they need these players to care because in the next five years, the league is going to lose LeBron. It's going to lose Steph. It's going to lose KD, but really LeBron and Steph are the keys when it comes to superstars and then when it comes to American superstars. Cause so that's super important. That's super important. And I'll get to that later, but number two, within the next five years, the league will add Las Vegas and Seattle. That's just going to happen. The league will add Las Vegas and Seattle The league needs to be super on point in adding these two cities for multiple reasons, but you can't have a Vancouver situation when the league adds a team, obviously there'll be interest. Obviously people will turn out. Obviously there'll be a draw new uniform, stuff like that, all that cool. But when that fades away, then what? The NBA needs to be super focused on making sure these two teams stay relevant. Now, Las Vegas is Las Vegas. I doubt they have an issue there with relevancy, with ticket sales, with things of that nature, but Seattle, they already have a bunch of teams that don't fucking matter. The Bobcats, the Hornets, the the Hornets, they're the Hornets right now. Who cares? Who cares? Who goes to those games? What does that team look like on TV? Who cares? The Jazz? Who cares? There are other teams that can't even that aren't even coming to my mind right now. Let me pull up the standings just to see. Cause I know there's other teams that the Raptors Who cares the magic, who cares Well, the magic have been better as of late. They've been better as of late in regards to, you know, competitiveness, but I mean, really who's watching magic are actually six in the East right now, but there needs to be more appeal and they don't really have it. So you're adding two more teams. You're adding two more teams in a league that's already struggling with the Washington Wizards. You're adding two more teams in a league that already has the Portland Trailblazers, which without Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard kept that team relevant. Even if they weren't good, Dame Lillard kept that team relevant because you knew Dame was going to put on a show. Now they don't have no Dame Lillard. And you're going to add two more teams. One of them in Seattle. They have to be very careful in adding these teams and making sure that they're actually relevant. That is key. Las Vegas and gambling. There's already been issues with refs and gambling when gambling was mostly illegal everywhere. Now, not only is gambling legal in Vegas and like it's been legal in Vegas, but You're talking about adding a team to Vegas and we have sports betting online. In a majority of states, you have major players aligning themselves with sports betting companies, and you're going to put a team in Las Vegas. People already feel iffy about the games and how they're played and the results of games based upon lines and things of that nature. NBA has to be very careful putting a team in Vegas. Now you're going to have these players visiting Vegas as a part of their career. During the season, they're going to be going to Vegas multiple times to play a team in Las Vegas. You have issues with players in Miami. Las Vegas? NBA has to be very careful in putting two teams in Las Vegas and Seattle. And it's going to happen. And it can be successful. I think it will more than likely be successful, but this is very important how they handle it and how they handle it. will go back on Adam Silver. Issue number three, this foreign invasion we got going on, it needs balance. Look, I get that having these players from other countries draws interest from the other countries for these players, having guys like Jokic and Luca and Porzingis and now Wimby. Like, obviously this has an impact on the NBA support from these other countries, but the NBA is primarily available here in America, right? So having those players is awesome. But one, do these players give a damn about the NBA? Cause watching Jokic and Doncic and Luka Luka Doncic, it seems like they don't give a fuck about the NBA. They're here, they collect their check, they play, they whining bitch. But do they actually care? Going back to the whole All Star thing, you know who else didn't care at the All Star game? Luka Doncic and Jokic. Didn't give a fuck. Meant nothing to them. They're just there and you need guys to care. Now I think Wimby is a bit different. I think Wimby is going to be a good addition to this whole international thing we have going on. I think Wimby can be a bit more marketable than those guys are. You also struggle to market those guys sometimes because one, they don't really care and nobody's buying that. I think Wimby is a bit different. So I think that's going to be good, but we need balancing this. Some of these you need to get these players to care, to be important here in the states, because this is where the NBA primarily exists. Getting them from those other places, cool, but will they be stewards of the league when they're here, or will they be here play the game and then go back to play with their horses? Need balancing that. Can't be a bunch of guys that don't give a fuck about the league and what's going on here. If we can get these guys fully engaged here and really care about shit, that'd be awesome. If we don't, we need some players from here that matter, which takes me to number four, the NIL and the NCAA's development of players. So Adam Silver said that they're going to look at the G league Ignite and how they approach that considering players can now earn money via the NIL in college basketball. He's wondering if they need the G-League Ignite, which was a team that allowed players who are 18 to go to the G-League and play there where they can earn money. So they're re-looking at that, reassessing that, seeing how they approach it. If more players are going to play in the NCAA based upon NIL and stuff like that, the NCAA needs to do a better job of developing the players. I remember before guys who would be in college longer would come into the league more thoroughly developed and prepared to play in the league. So maybe they wouldn't be a superstar, but they would have the basics down. Now they do not. I don't know what's going on in regards to actual development of players in college in the men's game in particular. It just seems like it doesn't matter. These guys are coming to the league, not knowing bases. just coming to the league, not taking things seriously. As much as I love Anthony Edwards hearing Anthony Edwards say like, yeah, we just figured we try to push cat to get hundred. That was the focus. And we probably should have focused on other things. That's horrible. NCAA has to do a better job of developing these players. If they're going to be there and get money in the NIL. You need coaches who actually care and focus on development. You also need to market these guys. Was the last guy that was really pushed to us in college is somebody we needed to watch. I remember when Steph Curry was at Davis he really put on a show and it was like, this is a guy like. I feel like I hear more about the women's games in college than anything else. I hear a lot about Caitlin Clark. I hear a lot about Angel Reese. I hear, I hear a lot about the women's game in college. I don't hear a lot about the men. I don't. So then when we get to the draft, how will people look at these guys? How will casual fans look at these guys when they haven't been pushed on them in college? Remember when Chris Paul was in college? Remember when Tim Duncan was in college, remember? Remember when JJ Redick was in college, like you heard about these guys, they were pushed on you. Like you've seen them a lot now, not so much. And if players are going to be in the NCAA more because they're going to be getting money via NIL, college needs to do a better job of marketing these guys. Now, maybe they won't stay the same way that women will because they can actually make money in the NBA, like real money. Maybe it won't have that same draw, but regardless college needs to do a better job of marketing men's basketball players so that when these guys get ready to come in the league, there's huge interest in them, not just from the hardcore, but from the casual as well, because these guys will then be the next future face of the league, but you're not knowing who the fuck these guys are till three years in, unless you actually really care. And the NBA needs more than just people who actually really need care, who actually really care. They need the casuals as well. The NFL has the casuals heavy, heavy. NBA needs that. Which takes me to number five, connecting with the younger audience. Look, NBA is going to have to do something more than just fucking throw Kai Sinet and Drewski at us. They're going to have to find other ways to connect with a younger audience than just ride Kai Sinet. Cause again, All-Star Weekend was horrible. And Drewski, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm older, so it doesn't really work with me, but I don't feel like there's a massive conversation about those people's involvement in league, which if you watch really closely, The league has been super active in getting those people involved in the league and present around events. They're trying to appeal to a younger audience clearly, but I don't think that's it, I don't think that's the way to go about it. Now, what I will say is what I think they should do. I think the NBA should have an extreme focus on like really highlighting hip hop. Around major NBA events. And I say that because of this. I was watching a podcast. I forgot what podcast it was. I'm not gonna say the name because I don't want to take shots at them, like and say their name and take shots at them. But they were talking about Super Bowl halftime. And they were talking about um, you know, the Super Bowl going to New Orleans and would little Wayne do the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. And they said, like, oh well, Little Wayne's not big enough for the Super Bowl. And I hate that. Like, thought process. The little Wayne's not big enough for the Super Bowl halftime. Now, based upon the people they've had do Super Bowl halftimes, you could argue the little Wayne isn't the stature of a lot of the people they've had do Super Bowl halftimes. But we have to remember the Super Bowl halftime only exists because of In Living Color. Before In Living Color, did a pre did a presentation, did a special during halftime for the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl halftime was shitty bands, and like by bands, I mean like marching bands and shit that nobody gave a fuck about. In Living Color did a special episode that aired during the halftime of the Super Bowl and drew a lot of attention. A lot of people changed to In Living Color and watched it during halftime. And then after that, they said, "You know what? We need to put on a big presentation during halftime." So if In Living Color had success as a halftime show so much that it influenced him to put on a big show, you're telling me you couldn't put on an entertaining show with Little Wayne at the Super Bowl halftime? They need Taylor Swift. They need Taylor Swift. Okay, fuck it then. NBA needs to do it. NBA needs to go heavy into that. You can't tell me that one of the biggest musics in the world, biggest culture in the world, isn't big enough for your halftime show. Oh, we're only certain artists only like Drake. Fine. The NBA needs to do it. And if they have to use certain artists that appeal to this younger audience, because they're trying to get this younger audience engaged, cool. Maybe they find a midway point like a Cole or, you know, the guys that still appeal to an older audience, but also appeal to this younger audience. that They're clearly chasing. I don't think Kysonette's getting it done. I don't think Drewski's getting it done. Has to go, they have to go about that a different way. They have to go about that a different way. And I think there are tons of options out there. And maybe they have people that are better at this than me. Obviously there are people who are paid to do this. Cool. I can't tell you that I have the definitive way to do it. What I can tell you is Kyson Andrewski ain't it, but Hey, just an opinion. that probably bears fruit, but I think those are the things that Adam Silver really needs to look at in the next five years. I think of those things are handled. NBA continues to see growth, continues to have extended success. And Adam Silver is viewed as one of the greatest league runners in all of sports. He's viewed that way. Now he's the most loved, definitely. But I think in regards to actual success, that's another thing. NFL is a behemoth here in America. And I think the NBA has opportunities for growth. And I think these things are keys to look at in the next five years. So, gonna step out of here. This is Cleats, Dimes, and Strikes. Again, Cleats, Dimes and Strikes is a part of the is Real Podcast Network, brought to you by the good folks over at TMM Smith. You can catch Cleats, Dimes, and Strikes every Monday on your favorite podcast streaming app. You've been checking it out and you're still here. You made it this far in the episode. Super shout out to you. Definitely appreciate that. Still working on how we do this and how we go about this is super important. I think that always looking to get better and the people who check it out at this point where there are clear opportunities for improvement, you got to appreciate them because I think it's quality over quantity, making sure there's actual quality there, making sure it's put out properly. So against the attention it deserves. Building the audience, and by building the audience, you have to actually connect with the people who give a fuck about what you're doing. So again, shout out to y'all. I am LBC Bruce. This is Cleese Times it Strikes. We are out. See you next week. Peace.